We're going to be in uh, Genesis chapter 35. We're going to do the whole book, hopefully, or the whole chapter. <laughs> Over them, the whole book. Um, verse 1, it says, Then God said to Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there, and make an altar there to God, who appeared to you when you fled from the, first, the face of, your, of Esau, your brother. But I'm going to go verse by verse here since there's so many of them and we'll break it down. So here we see after all the stuff we've been hearing about Jacob, a lot of crazy stuff going on. Then it says here, then God said, which really, that's all that really matters is what God has to say, right? Um, God's going to give uh, Jacob instruction and direction here. God has given us basic instruction. Basic instruction before leaving earth. An acronym for Bible. Uh, His word. In 2 Timothy 3, chapter 3, verse 16 to 17, it says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for the correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped, for every good work. In Proverbs twenty three twelve, it says, Apply your heart to instruction and your ears to words of knowledge. And so, we see that God is going to give him direction as he gives us direction in our lives. We know we have his word. Uh, he also wants to direct us in the things we buy, whether it be a car, person that we marry, uh, a job that we, he has for us. You know, it's good to get, come to God for direction in all things. Um, and so here he's going to give Jacob instruction and direction again. And uh, it says, Arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there and make an altar there before God, to God who appeared to you when you, fir- when you fled from the face of your brother Esau, or Esau your brother. So you see, he says, Rise, get up. Rise to the occasion, right? And says, go up to Bethel, which he's been there before. God told him, go there. He's going to call him back here, uh, which is house of God. And then he also says, and dwell there. That word dwell is to inhabit the land. Not just go there and just take off, but to inhabit, to dwell. Um, And then he says, and make an altar there to God. Now here we're going to see... The altar, um, and there's one of them we can we remember is Abel offered his firstborn of his flock in Genesis 4 4. And you're going to see these things start to happen as uh, God used these things. Not that he was pleased with them, but this was the way that he'd kind of get them to, you know, try to uh, come to him. Um, we know, though, there were, they were outward things, they weren't inward in the heart. But nevertheless, God used these things. And you see way back in Abel, when, remember, he, uh, his brother, him and his brother brought a sacrifice, and he was, God was more pleased with Abel because he brought out the firstborn of his flock, his best, right? Uh, we also see it in Noah. He took a very clean animal and a very clean bird and offered a burnt offering on the altar. And you get that in Genesis 8:20, right after... Uh, they found land. He came out and God spoke to him. And right there, he, 
raise the altar and, and, and worship by uh, offering up uh, these animals, clean animals. And as you get to see, as you start to go through it, you'll see uh, a lot of things that were pointing to Jesus here uh, as we read through these things, uh, which we know Jesus was going to be the Lamb of God, uh, sinless, and He was going to be sacrificed for our sins, and God was going to accept that. We also see that when Abraham offered his son Isaac, remember he took him up and he gets everything prepared, the wood, the fire, and the rocks. And Isaac tells him, hey, Father, we have all this. Where's the sacrifice? <laughs> and uh, we know that God told him to do that by faith. And he was going to offer up a burnt offering to, to worship. Uh, we know that God says that he was going to provide himself a sacrifice there. Uh, and then he... Uh, they turned and they seen a ram stuck in the bushes and they went and got that ram and that's what they used. Uh, and that was in Genesis chapter 22, verses 3 to 14. Now it says when he fled, he's time to go back to where he first fled from his uh, face of his brother Esau. And we get that back in Genesis uh, 28, 10 to 22. It's right after, remember, he's... Uh, his brother was mad that he deceived him twice. And he says, you know what? I'm going to get this boy. He's, he wanted to kill him. And his mother feared. So she told him, you know what? Get your stuff and go up to my brother Laban up here in uh, Abraham. And uh, flee up there. So this is where he's talking about. And it's in Genesis chapter uh, 28, verses 10 to 22. And you can go over it. But I'll just give you a little bit of a reminder of it. Uh, when he came up, Mary fell asleep on the rock, and he had that dream, and he wrote. God spoke to him, he got up, and uh, he anointed the rock, <laughs> right? Um, that's what he's talking about when he first fled. So he's telling him to go back to that place where he first fled from his brother, where he was in fear of his brother. What, 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 what kind of drew him there, scared and took off. Um, And just speaking, of that, you know, fear, is, it can be a very powerful thing in, in, in our lives, you know. I know myself, I struggle with that a lot uh, from the place that I have came from. And uh, so sometimes when I go to visit my aunt in the area where I was at, I, I'm really, I pray. If I never pray, I pray before I go there, you know, because everybody knows me there. But, uh, you know, it, it can be a very powerful thing if we, if we allow it to, to overtake us or we don't look to the Lord. You know, fear will, will get us. And so we need to look to the Lord. As we see here, God's going to start to draw him to him. Verse 2 says, And Jacob said to his household and to all who were with him, Put away the foreign gods that are among you. Purify yourselves and change your garments. So now you see him taking his leadership role as being you know, head of the house there. Um, we know a lot of things, we always talk about the bad things that he's done, his, his carnal things that he's done as a leader, you know, uh, and follow. And they, they followed that. And it's amazing to me, I just, you know, I live at home with my son and, and his wife and his daughter, and, you know, we're, we're to be examples to them. You know, kids get to them right away the things that we do. Uh, it's amazing, they're like sponges, they just absorb it, and... Uh, Man, we're leaders of our homes, you know. Uh, like Jacob, we can allow stuff in our homes or in our lives that's not pleasing to God. And 
whether our children see it, our wives see it, or people around us who don't know Christ see that. We have to be careful, you know. We want to be, as, as for me in my house, we will serve God, you know. And as leaders, you guys are leaders, um, we need to be careful what comes in the home, what we watch, what we hear and stuff. Now, we see Jacob arising to his occasion now, though. And he's, he's going to start to give them uh, instruction and direction as God's given him. Um, so we see he's going to start to obey He's going to start to be obedient to what God has said to him. The Bible talks about it's better to obey than sacrifice. You know, it's better to listen to God and do those things than, you know, just to serve him, you know, wherever it's at. You know, whether it's evangelizing, whatever it might be. If we're not uh, being, obeying him from our heart and the things he says, you know, sometimes we can start to do stuff for him outwardly or service, but inwardly our hearts are far from him. But here we see that um, he starts to obey. And he's telling them to put away all the foreign gods that are, that are among you and purify yourselves and change yourselves. Foreign gods means they were strange gods. You know, there were things that they wasn't familiar with. You know, you go out throughout the Bible, different uh, areas had their own little gods. You know, they didn't have the God of heaven, but they had idols that they had in their in their homes and what they worship and all of, all those uh, clans around them Rachel if you remember she had one and you get that back in Genesis chapter 31 verses 30 to 35 remember when Laban says hey he went and chased down uh, Jacob and told him hey you, you took uh, my God <laughs> my gods from me right and he's all like you know what I didn't take them. That's from, you know, search, search, you know, the house. You know, whoever you find with them, let them, you know, die. And he went, searched. Everybody went to Rachel's tent, and uh, she was sitting on the on the idol there. And she tells him, you know, I can't get up because, you know, it was her time of the month. And so he never searched her, but she had it. And some interesting things that I learned about it, it's called the teraphim. And it was a household idol used by neighboring tribes. The possessor of which possessor of which implied family leadership. So you had the idol, you had you had control, right? I kind of think of it when Israel's enemies would come and attack them. What would they take from them? A lot of their their golden cups and stuff, because they probably thought they were idols to them, and they would steal those things from them, use them for their purpose, which it wasn't. But you know, their mind, the religious mind that they had. But that's what it implied: a family leadership. Rachel stealing the idol was a serious offense. It aimed at preserving for her husband the chief title to Laban's estate. Remember, uh, he tells him, uh, last year, oh, in Genesis 31, 32, it says, Is there still any portion of or inheritance for us in our father's house? You know, because remember, he would... Uh, Jacob was working. He worked for the daughters and stuff, right? And he's starting to get all this stuff. God starts to bless him with all these goats and stuff, right? And animals. And, you know, she says, is there anything, you know, left for us in the inheritance of my, my father's house? And that's part of the reason why she went and said, I'm going to grab the God, you know, his little gods that he had there and, and keep them so that I would have some of his inheritance. Uh, which is, is all, you know, 
we know there, there's no other God but God of heaven. But in her mind of thinking at times, she wanted to do it for her husband, that he can have everything, you know. Um, Sorry, guys, it's kind of freezing, so I was like trying to get it warm over here. I know you're freezing too. It's okay. <laughs> so he tells them to purify yourselves and change your garments. Back in those days, it was like a symbolizing of character, you know. You hear it throughout the Bible, you know, what you take off these clothes and put on sackcloths or, you know, Clothes that were outwards. Well, we know it didn't really mean nothing, but it was, uh, like I said, it, there was nothing they could do from the heart. It was outward things that they were doing here. It was a symbolizer of character. But what he says here, he says, get away, get the foreign gods out of here, put them away, and purify yourself and change your garments. It's kind of basically telling them to get right, you know. Remember when he attacked, uh, if you go up a little bit back in uh, the end of verse uh, chapter 34, the last verse says he took all their animals after they killed the, 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 all the people in Sheshem, the men. Took all their animals, says he took the, their kids and their wives, right? They, they brought all kinds of stuff probably too. I imagine they're with him now. I mean, I don't see where else they would go unless they ran to other cities, but I think, you know, they was with them. And so they had their gods among them also and, and, and their idols and stuff. For us, Ephesians 4, verse 22 to 24, it says for us that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. You know, for us as Christians, you know, that old man, you know, that old stuff we used to do, that pleasure of, of serving our flesh, whether it be with the eyes, our body, or drinking, whatever it might have been, you know. Um, Ephesians, he's telling us, you know, put that stuff off, you know, and put on the new man which is created according to God in true righteousness. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us, right? Be filled with His Spirit uh, that we don't fulfill the lust of our flesh. We have to protect ourselves also. Though here they had physical idols and stuff, and they were to get rid of them. You know, as Christians, we know that we have a change of heart, that we repent it, and we have a new new life in us. And as we go through this world, doesn't mean that we're perfect or we're, we're going to just continue to uh, be holy. You know, like Pastor says, you know, cruise control, you know. Daily we have to put off these things, you know. You drive up the freeway, you see stuff on the bulletin boards that try to draw you to stuff, you know. Our flesh rises up, man. We have to crucify it daily, you know, like Paul says. Even to the point of you know, hurting himself, he says he had to. But um, we need to be careful as Christians, you know. That we don't allow idols in our life and things in our life that would affect our walk. Because we can end up just like where Jacob was or these people, um, it's very scary. So there he instructed them, and, and, and the blessing there was that they are obeying. You're going to see them that they obey. Verse 3 it says, Then let us arise and go up to Bethel, and I will make an altar there to God, who answered me in the day of my distress, and has been with me in the way which I have gone. 
So here now, he's, God has spoken, and he's, he's starting uh, not just to be a hearer, but a doer of what God has said to him, right? He's going to do these things that God has said by faith, right? God said it, so he's going to do it. Well, it's interesting, you know, a lot of stuff says there that, you know, rehearses, they told him to go to Bethel and build an altar. But interesting there was, it says, in the later part of that verse is, He has been with me in the way that I have gone. Remember, it's in Genesis 28 again. 28.20. It says, Then Jacob made a vow, saying, If God will be with me and keep me in this way that I am going, and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on, so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. Right? Um... I don't think he's, God was agreeing with a lot of stuff that he did, you know. Uh, though he was with them, you know. As it, you kind of see people that, uh, you know, as Christians, they do stuff and, you know, they say, God knows, you know, God forgive you, God, it's okay, God understands, you'll bring me back. And, you know, they do those things willfully as Christians and thinking God is with them in that. And if it's against God's word, God is not for it, you know. They need to turn and repent. But here, nevertheless, we see God was with him. Doesn't mean that he approved of some of the stuff that he did, but he was with him. You know, he's trying to bring him to back to him. But I, was, I thought it was interesting there where he says, and he's been with me in the way which I have gone. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. You know, for us who are believers, you know, we need to trust in God with all of our heart. You know, here, we know as Christians now, we know it's from the heart, right? Uh, we need to trust Him in everything, you know. We don't have to worry about it. You trust Him, you go, you pray about it, whether it's a job, like I said, or something you're going to buy or something, that God is, is speaking to you today that He wants you to do. You know, only you and Him know. You know, not to worry. Just, just to put your confidence in the Lord and He'll direct your paths. That's really good, huh? He'll direct our paths because, man, I know the way I directed myself in past, it wasn't very good. Um, but in the Lord, you know, He's, He's not going to do you wrong in the way He leads you. And so, we need to trust in Him. Don't worry about it. Verse 4 says, so, the, so they gave Jacob all the foreign gods which were in their hands, and the earrings which were in their ears. And Jacob hid them under the tabernacle tree, or oak tree, whatever one, King James Version or New King James Version, which was by Shechem. Okay, so those things he that God has told them, you know, they gave it to them. They're obeying here. You know, they got, they got remember back in the end of verse, uh, or the later part of uh, chapter 34, all that stuff that they took, <laughs> you know. I don't know, I, I just something for me, I see these kids nowadays, you know, the, the dudes, especially, man, got all these earrings on, you know, think they're all cool and stuff, you know. My days, they meant something, you know, whether what side you had it on, you know. And it just seems... Uh, with time changing, those things just go out the door and there's a new fad, right? You know, 
I think I even got to the point where I had two area. That was all cool, right? I can, ma- I can imagine these guys here, man. I mean, if that's, yeah, that's cool, whatever, but, you know, just for myself, you know. I can imagine these people coming and, and Jacob looking at them. They got all these idol golds or whatever they had on them, you know, looking more like the people of that land, right? We don't want to look like the people of, of, of this earth. We want to be more like Jesus Christ. And so I just thought it was funny, you know, they, so you give them all the earrings, there's my earring, you know, pierce your nose, your cheek, how do you put a thing in your cheek for, I don't know. Hopefully I'm getting a fight, he's going to rip some stuff off. And so you see them obey now. So you kind of see the trail coming down as the leader, Jacob, obeys God now. And the people that are with him, they start to follow. And it was very interesting, uh, you think about our pastor's position or something, and, you know, we follow that stuff, you know, if it's according to God's word, and we back them up. But a lot of times when they mess up, I just watch some show that I like to watch, some crime show. You know, I was talking about this pastor who uh, had an affair with the, the guy who did the accounting, and the pastor killed the dude, right? Uh, and so he wasn't the pastor no more, but, you know, the people, it's the people. <laughs> It was the people that get hurt. And it shouldn't be, you know, because, yeah, we look, we look to our pastors and stuff and, and, and they follow the Lord and see their pattern and examples, they follow Christ. But they're not the pattern of Christ. And so when pastors fall or someone falls, a lot of people fall away because they were looking at the man and not the man Christ Jesus, right? Uh, it's, it's sad, but it happens, man, you know. But here is good. You see him. Doing what he's supposed to be, that leader he's supposed to be to his his household and those around him by obeying, you know. I thought it was even more of a blessing because this dude don't even have the Spirit of God yet, you know. And so I was like, wow, we have the Spirit of God. What are we doing with that, right? We have that power to do the things that God wants us to do. I'm warming up again. All right. So in verse 5 it says, And they journeyed. And the terror of God was upon the cities that were all around them. And they did not pursue the sons of Jacob. That's pretty good. God's protection. Huh? Remember, he was always fearing, right? Where comes Laban? Oh, here is Esau. You know, and, and all scared and stuff. But in right soul, man, you know, stuff comes. Like I said, you know, I've, I've, I've gone through it. I don't know if you guys have gone through it, but, you know, here's some encouragement if, if uh, you fear stuff or or things, or persons, or something. Second Timothy one seven says, "For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind." You know, yeah, our physical body might get scared of something, a situation, an illness, or something. But God's spirit he gives us strength. You know, I think about the apostles and disciples and all those got saved. They 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 faced some heavy stuff, man. You know. Paul got thrown in jail. He was in a jail, dude, you know. I imagine if someone was getting thrown in jail, it would probably be like, and this, you're like Luis or myself or people around here, right? You'd be like, oh, man, I'm home again. No, I'm just kidding. It's joking. But uh, there's some scary stuff that come in our lives. There's stuff that I haven't been through. I'd be scared of, man, you know. One of them was probably working, you know. I never worked. Why you work for, man? You know, and you get married, oh my gosh, right? 
But nevertheless, God has given us the power uh, of a sound mind. And so awesome, you see God protecting them. And none of those cities around Shechem came after them. You know, because they, they heard about it. They're close by. You got Shechem, then you got all these little cities around them. You know, probably, would you kill our brothers, you know, or whatever. I want to chase them down, right? But you see here, first of all, he's, uh, Jacob not trying to protect himself, not trying to deceive himself, people or, or be tricky. But God is doing the work here, you know. And you will see that in, in Egypt when they ran from the Pharaoh, you know. They chased them down. Israel passed through and God brought the waters upon Pharaoh and the army there. I think in these times, you know, maybe it's going to start getting rough for us in here and in California, United States, about those who, who are Christians, you know, and what we believe. I picture, you know, those who proclaim God's word, maybe get thrown in jail, man. Imagine that. If you've got families, man, you're like, what? And would you, oh, I'm not going to preach because I've got my family. I will use my family, but... Jesus says, you know what? He who does not love me more than, than family or other things is not worthy of me. You know, I could get to that point. Nevertheless, you see, they're protected here. It's awesome, man, you know. And then, you know, in my, in my life, I can share with you guys, you know, I've been scared of a lot of things, especially the background, like I said, I came from. Um, sometimes when I go back there, I, I still kind of fear, you know. It's just our, our flesh, man, because we know who we were, what we did, you know, and that's just my thing, you know. And maybe you have something that you you have fear of, man. You know, just trust God for it. He, he's he's going to intercede for you. He's going to protect you. Verse 6, it says, So Jacob came to Luz, that is in Bethel, which is in the land of Canaan, and he and all the people who were with him. So now you see him coming down to the place where God has, has spoken to him. Um, verse 7, it says, And he built an altar there and called the place El Bethel, which is El, God, and Beth is house, and El is God. So it is the God of the house of God. Because there God appeared to him when he fled from the face of his brother and there you go, you have it again, when he fled from Esau again. Back in Genesis twenty-eight fifteen, you can look at that also. You know, I believe it's the same place, because he says, go back to where you first were at, you know. I believe, I don't know, that's just my thing, they used that, went back to that same place at this point, you know, to remembrance. And how often we need to remember of where we came from. We don't live there no more, but, you know, as Christians, you know, 15, 16 years, you can be saved one year, you know. I still think about places and stuff God has done for me, you know, and took me from. Because we start to get a little comfortable in our hearts. You know, we still can come to church, but our heart is far from Him, you know. And it's like in Revelation, it says some of them had lost their first love, you know. Here's kind of an example of, of people to come back to, to where they were at with God in that joy. You guys remember that? When you first got saved? It's that joy, man, all that burden taken away from you, all the sin and junk you've done, forgiven, washed, cleansed. I remember it, and I was in prison, and I had a big old smile, and people knew that I was a Christian. That was what amazed me. 
Man, that was, you know, it's kind of oxymoron, right? In prison, you're all joyous. and It's the Lord, right? And I had joy. And we're not to lose that. We're not to lose that. We're supposed to have that same joy that we had when we first got saved. We allow things in our lives or sins that we've done and we've confessed and somehow we think God hasn't forgiven us and start to build your own little burdens on yourselves. You know, you need to let that go and believe in what God has. Get back if it is, that's you. Get back to basics, you know, get back in His Word and praying. And Lord, guide me. Give me that love for you again, if that's where you're at. Daily we have to get up and do this, and we're going to fall away. Verse 8 says, Now Deborah, Rebecca's nurse, died, and she was buried below Bethel under the Turbinif tree. Or, or uh, oak tree, whichever, one, whichever verse you might have, uh, New King James or, the, oak, or the, the Old King James. So the name of the place was called Alon Bashuf. First of all, now Deborah, Rebecca's nurse. You don't hear too much about Deborah. Uh, as I was searching, I found, I found a spot where her name is mentioned. And it's in Genesis chapter 24, verse 59. And it says, So they sent away Rebekah, their sister, and her nurse. This one, uh, is it? Isaac was going to get married, and his, his servants went out there to the house, and they've seen him at the well and all that. But that's where you first see her name there. And it says that the nurse... Their sister, uh, Rebecca, went with them and the nurse, okay? So that's where you, you first see her name there. And the nurse in those times was, was one who provided nourishment and protection to the young, the child, right? It watch over them, right? You know, kind of like a help for the mother. Well, we know it's a mother's responsibility, but it's just those cultures, they have that, that, that uh, luxury to have someone help them out. And how much they needed, right? I got my daughter-in-law at home with my... Uh, granddaughter Abigail, <laughs> she runs around like crazy, man. She drives me tired, you know. She, they're crazy, and it's amazing, you know. Just you need help, <laughs> and God gives them that strength. But anyways, you see Deborah there, the nurse, and she dies. It says. Now. Some of the commentators, you know, they'll say different things. My outtake on this, uh, how did Deborah get there? Some believe that when uh, Rebecca died, maybe uh, she gave her to, to uh, Deborah to uh, Jacob. I, my thinking, you know, just my little thought, you know, when, he, when his mother told him to flee, go to my, my brother Laban's house, maybe at that point, maybe, I don't know, I didn't know Scripture reported, but maybe at that point she sent, uh, the nurse Deborah with him. Because remember, he wasn't married, right? And you guys know how mom is with you guys, right? Oh, my mijo, you know. Take care of him, you know. So maybe the mom, she loved Jacob, remember? Loved him more. And maybe she said, you know, take my nurse Deborah, you know. Take Deborah with you. You know, maybe cook for her, you know. Wash his clothes, I don't know. So that was just my outtake. Maybe that's how she got here uh, with the pack here, you know, the tribe here. Going with Jacob. Nevertheless, she died. And isn't that the case when God says that, you know, dying you shall die. Spiritually, they were separated from, from God. 
and then physical death because of Adam and Eve's sin when God told them not to eat of the, of the certain tree there and brought forth the spiritual death and, and the natural death. And so, you, you know, you'll see it. We're all going to die one day unless the Lord comes and takes us home. And so she died and she was buried below Bethel. She was buried under Bethel, the house of God, under the tabernacle tree. So the name of it was called Alan Bashav. Did I sound good? <laughs> Alan Bashav was a, a tabernacle of weeping or oak of weeping. You know, you can imagine she was really close to them. If she, she was around when Jacob and his brother were, were, were born, she was one of the family members there taking care of them, you know, cleaning their diapers and all that, you know. And just, we know how it is to have that fellowship once amongst each other, you know, you have that close uh, relationship and, and brotherhood, you know, and especially in families. You know, and when someone dies as close to you, uh, you know, since they were weeping, you know, they really cared for her and loved her, right? Now, we know we don't weep like the world. We know that when someone dies, like a brother who passed away, was it maybe a month now? I've seen a lot of Christians, they weren't over, you know, crying and stuff because our hope was in Jesus Christ that we're going to be raised with Him one day when we put off this tent, this flesh. We have hope that we're going to rise. You know, I've been to a lot of my family uh, funerals and all of them are crying, and, you know, my brother's all drunk trying to... You know, we grabbed my uh, aunt down there and, you know, some people were scared he was going to pull her out and hug her or something, man. Crazy, man. But everybody's all crying in sadness. Everybody wearing black. You know, like they were Raider fans or something. <laughs> and uh, it's sad. There's no hope there. You know, they'll share the hope, but they don't believe in the hope. And, and it's amazing, man. Anyways... Verse 9, this says, Then Jacob appeared to Jacob again. Oh, then God appeared to Jacob again when he came from Bet Pandram Aram, Bedan Aram, and blessed him. Okay, so after he's, he's spoken to him the first time, remember he builds that altar, right? For some reason, you don't see too much on it, but he went back up to where the, the area where he married his, uh, his uh, wives, Leah and Rachel, where Laban was at, right? This is right here. It says he, when he came back down from Pandaram. Um, and he says, and he blessed them. In verse 10 it says, And God said to him, Your name is Jacob. Your name shall not be called Jacob anymore, but Israel shall be called your name. So we called his name Israel. And so you see the change of name here. Uh, the first time was in Genesis 32, 28 when he told him that. God already told him, you know, your name is going to be Israel. Your name is Israel. You know, here he's confirming it. You know, it's no longer you who's going to be running the show. I want to run the show for you. I want to be your God. I want to I want to lead you. And that should be the case with us. We should want God to lead us, not our flesh, not ourselves, not anyone else but God to lead and direct us. Um, Abraham's name was changed to Abraham. Abraham was changed to Abraham, you know. Kind of a thing of a, a changed life, kind of like, a, you know, their new life with God and walking with God, knowing God. For us, we have a, a new nature, right? Not that old nature that grows corrupt according to the lust of the flesh. We have that new nature of, in Jesus Christ. And so he, he, he reaffirms, you know, your name is Israel. Verse 11 says, And God said to him, 
I am God Almighty, be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall proceed from you, and kings shall come uh, from your body. In Genesis 17:1, the covenant, you know, that promise was made to Abraham, and it continues. You know, he says, to your family and to your seed after you and after you, right? So you're going to see here promise to Jacob also. You know, it didn't stop because the seed went from Abraham to Isaac, and now here Jacob. And then you guys later on going to see it passed on to others. And we know that seed would become Jesus Christ coming to die and be born for us, right? And that seed was going to be by faith. That was a seed that was called by faith. Remember, Jesus was born of a virgin birth, right? So that seed, you can say, is speaking of faith. Verse 12 says, The land which I gave Abraham and Isaac, I give to you and to your descendants after you. I give this land. So he's telling him again, you know what? Confirming what he told Isaac, or Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yes, keep uh, confirming it. And we need that. We need to be in God's word daily. Be reminded who we are, how filthy and hearted our hearts can be and wicked. And, and we need to be reminded that we're newness in Christ, walking with Christ each day. Verse 13 says, Then God went up from him. In the place where he talked with him. So God went up from him. Verse 14. So Jacob set up a pillar in the place where he talked with him. And a pillar of stone. And, or he built a pillar of stone. And he poured a drink offering on it. And poured, poured oil on it. Uh, drink offering. You're going to start to see uh, as you go. If, if, if you don't just stop here. If you continue to read in Exodus, Numbers. God's going to start to give uh, certain ways how to do these things. And a lot of this was outward uh, appearance and things done outwardly because, you know, they couldn't get their heart changed. Jesus Christ hadn't come yet. But they were doing outward works. Like religious people today, you know, whether it be Catholicism, Buddhism, Hoodism, or whatever is out there. You know, they do outward works, a lot of outward works, and they think for the works are going to be saved, you know. Look at all these beads, you know, I pray for, you know, it's boring, man. Born life, that, that, that religious life. In Philippians 1, oh, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 17, speaking of Paul, it says, Yes, and if I am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. So you kind of picture it like it's pouring out of oneself. He's pouring this wine on there. And, you know, I don't want to get into all the wine thing. It's just, just grapes. They, they're smashed, whatever, and wine poured on there. It's kind of a, you think of a pouring out of yourself. It's kind of a picture of him, you know, pouring himself out on 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 his God, you know, giving himself over to him, you know, wanting to surrender his life. You know, Paul was poured his life out uh, for the church, you know, uh, and you see you see uh, him speak of that there. But not only that, um, in Exodus chapter 29, verses 38 to 41, if you go there and read that, you don't have to do it now, but it's kind of, he, God, uh, well, let me go with it for, just kind of give you a picture here. Yes, I'm supposed to be wearing my glasses. I learned that about a month ago. I need glasses, and I don't wear them. <laughs> I'm still fighting it. You know. Okay, in, in, uh, in Exodus chapter 29, verse 38, 41, it says, Now this is what you shall 
offer on the altar two lambs of the first year, day by day, continually. One lamb you shall offer in the morning, and the other lamb you shall offer at twilight. With the one lamb you shall be one-tenth of an ephah of flour mixed with one-fourth of hen of pressed oil and one-fourth of hen of wine as a drink offering. So you guys who cook, here's a recipe for you. <laughs> no, <I> just, <laughs> this is a spiritual recipe. Verse 43, it's going to bring it all. After all I spoke to you, this would help me out. And verse 41 is going to bring it all together. And the lamb you shall offer at twilight, which is going to be the burnt offering, right? And you shall offer it with grain offering. Then you had a grain offering. And then it says, and the drink offering as in the morning, for a sweet aroma and offering made by fire to the Lord. So they would do the burnt offering and then put the grain offering and then pour this drink offering on it, you know. And it's going to get crazier if you guys, which I know you love God's Word and you read through all from Genesis and keep going. You can see all these religious stuff start coming, all kinds of offerings and, you know, it's a lot of stuff outwardly, man. Verse 15, and Jacob called the name of the place where God spoke with him, Bethel, God's house, right? God's house. Um, And we know that God doesn't live in things made with man's hands, but he does live in our hearts, right? He made us. No man made us. God made us. And he lives here in our heart. It's God's house in here. You know, it's not the building. It's wherever you're at. (laughs) That's God's house is right here, you know. And then verse 16 says, Then he journeyed from Bethel, and when there was but a little distance to go to Ephrath, Rachel labored in child, and she had hard labor. Now it came to pass when she was in hard labor that the midwife said to her, Do not fear, you will have this son also. And so now his wife Rachel is about to have another baby. Which are blessings from God, right? Um, if you just bear with me a little bit, in Genesis 31, remember she said, Give me children or else I die. You know, she was upset with her sister Leah's having these babies and she was all mad. And, you know, God, Jake, Jacob's like, You know, if God, who am I? If God closed your womb, hey. You know, but she, was, she, was, she didn't like that. But that's what she said Give me children or else I die. Uh, here you're going to see her have her two children. She had two children. And so here, you know, we don't know what it's like, man, and thank God we don't. But here it says the labor was, it was hard labor, it was painful, man, right? And, you know, we, we, don't, we don't think we ever experienced that, you know what I mean? The earth might, you know, the labor pains of, of sin, but us, we, we, we ain't going to experience that as man. If you do, I'm not talking, you know. <laughs> you know, what's going on now, all these changes and stuff, you know. But they're not going to be able to do this. I don't care how magicians they are. They're not going to be able to do this. So her midwife said to her, you know, do not fear, you're going to have this son. Kind of like a word of knowledge, kind of like, you know, what if the the midwife said, yeah, you're going to have it, and she doesn't, man. I would feel real bad, right? So maybe God spoke to her, I don't know. But she did have it. She did have the, the baby there. And which was uh, Benjamin. 
And so it was, as her soul was departing, for she died. Again, you know, dying you should die, you know. We, it's death, man. It's physical death. That she called his name Ben-Oni, which means son of my sorrow. But the father, his father called him Benjamin, son of my right hand, right? My young son, my boy right there, right? You guys got sons, you know? My boy. A lot of times you hear the meaning right hand. It just Most of us, I guess, the strength is on the right hand. No offense to the left-handers, but it's kind of what it speaks. You know, Jesus, God says that Jesus said at the right hand of the Father, right? Verse 19 says, So Rachel died and was buried on the way to Ephrath, that is Bethel. Um, so Mary went to Ab- Ab- Abram, Dram, whatever, Abram, Adram, whatever it's called, I don't know, so many other, uh, they come down, God gives them that vision there, or speaks, or speaks, not a vision, but speaks to him right there at Bethel again, and then they're headed up towards uh, Bethlehem, we're going to find this out, uh, but kind of to confirm that in Genesis 48, 7, it says, but as for me, when I came from Pandan, he don't say Aram, Padan or Aram. He just uses Pandan. Rachel died beside me in the land of Canaan on the way when there was but a little distance to go to Ephrath, which is Bethlehem. And I buried her there on the way to Ephrath. <coughs> so, in Genesis 48, it confirms that, you know, that, you know, after he came from uh, Pandaram, that, God spoke to him there at Bethel again, and then now they're headed up to uh, Bethlehem there. And this is where it's at. There, he, 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 she dies there. And Jacob, verse 20, it says, And Jacob set up a pillar on her grave, which is the pillar of Rachel's grave to this day. So Moses wrote this book, you know, and it could have been to be up to that point where he's talking about up to that day. I don't know, I was in Israel, and I, I didn't go looking for this. You know, I didn't really see the mean for it, but I don't know if it's there even now, but. You know, it doesn't really matter, but it says it was there. And so it's kind of like, you know, you see these graves around here. They cut out these stones, write the name, their birth date, and their end date, right? The day they born, the day they died. And so it's nothing really too big, but you see he puts it. It's important to him. He sets up a pillar, you know, remembrance of her there, a monument. So we should respect his wife, you know, and we should respect them. That way, you know, they die, you know. But remember, our hope is in Jesus up in heaven. Verse 21, Then Israel journeyed and pitched his tent beyond the tower of Eder. I looked, oh Lord, I couldn't find it really, but I came, I guess, round about where in, in the maps. The tower, the Eder means the tower of the flock. <coughs> it's located, located between Bethlehem and Hebron. So where he was uh, from, Hebron, there where uh, Isaac is at. And right after Bethlehem. So it was an area. There was a tower there. I guess kind of like the watchtower. <coughs> I hope not this watchtower that we have around here. But it was a tower nevertheless. And it happened. When Israel dwelt in the land. That Reuben went and lay with Bilhah. His father's concubine. His father's concubine in Israel heard about it. You know. Um, you see that going on with there man. There's a sexual problem there man. You know. Remember, Jesus, our God says, you know, see, the man's heart was continually evil. 
In the New Testament, it says man's heart is desperately wicked. You know, man, you, when you watch the news, you hear all these rapes going on, you know, nothing new under the sun. You know, battles that we fight with, you know, eyes or whatever, man. Enemy trying to pull us down too. You got to be careful. You got to protect your heart, man, right? With a diligence for out of it springs the issues of life. We have to guard ourselves. You know, remember David went and laid with, uh, forget to do his name, but he went and laid with this other man's wife. And this is pretty heavy, man. This guy is going to live with his father's uh, concubine, which is actually kind of his wife. Remember, uh, Rachel and Leah gave their, their midwives to Abraham as, as wives. Nevertheless, it was his. It was his dad's property. In 1 Corinthians 5.1, it says, It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you as such sexual immorality as is not even named among the Gentiles, that a man has his father's wife. You know, you always hear those jokes about people from Texas and rednecks and all that stuff. That's sinful. That's man's nature, man. It's sinful, man. You know? That's pretty that's some crazy stuff there. They were disrespectful. But you know, here again he doesn't uh say nothing about it. He doesn't do nothing about it. But later on uh, when he was about to bless them, you know, as he blesses the children, uh, it says, uh, The bent Reuben shall not excel because you went up to your father's bed, then you defiled it. You know, so he lost the blessing because he went up there and finally dealt with it, but he didn't deal with it right here. And that's the case, you know, we have to deal with stuff right on the top, you know. Whether it be sin in our life, we have to deal with it, repent of it, get rid of it. Or a problem with the brother, you know, it's, it's better to solve it there, man. You know, whatever it might be, because we wait later, put it off, put it off. It can become worse or, you know, you got to take care of business, man, you know. <laughs> and so, you see, that's that story there. But, you know, throughout we've seen them, all this stuff going on, cochinonism. <laughs> and it's, 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 it's crazy, man, right? The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh. Love of this world, man. Just, yeah. Anyways. And then it goes on. and Now the Jacobs, uh, the sons of Jacob were 12. And it goes on to name them all. The sons of Leah were Reuben. Jacob's firstborn and Simeon, Levi, Judah. Isaac, Isaac Char, whatever it is. Char, Isaac Char. And Zebulun. Verse 24, the son of Rachel were Joseph and Benjamin. She had two. The sons of Bilhah, Rachel's maidservant, were Dan and Nephtali. Verse 26, and the sons of Zilpha, Leah's maidservant, were Gad and Asher. These were the sons of Jacob who were born to him in Pandar, Ram. Besides Benjamin, I believe, because he's on the way to Bethlehem. Though I mean, he could have been conceived there at Pandar, Ram, I don't know. But either way, God's word doesn't lie. God doesn't lie. Uh, so he's have there the twelve sons. You know, God was promising Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know, as many as the, as the sand, as many as their sand pebbles in the sea. Right? That's how many family members he's he's going to get. A lot of them. And reminds me when God tells him, you know what? God didn't choose you because you were great in number or anything. Because actually, you were small in number. But because the Lord loves you. 
And that's why God saves us. For God loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. And that's God's kid. God loves the sinner, but He hates the sin. Thank God He loves us, right? I was looking uh, at the maps, and it never crossed my mind, but I look at this map, and then you see Israel, this little dot or little bit compared to all the other ones, right? The other lands. It's that little part, and everybody's fighting for that little part because it's so rich, man. And it belongs to God, right? It's amazing. You would think you want some bigger property, but they want that land. Uh, that land there is fruitful, man, you know. It's a nice place. If you guys get a chance, go down there. I've been there. You just walk, and it feels like you're walking through the Bible, right? You know, it comes alive, man. It's already alive in your heart, but when you see it, it doesn't confirm or nothing, but you're just like, wow, this is cool. It's amazing. And people don't believe that God is real or the Bible is true, you know. Well, take a trip to Israel. <laughs> take your Bible with you, matter of fact. That would be your guide. <laughs> Verse 27, And Jacob came to his father Isaac at Mamre, or Kerjath Arba, that is Hebron. So where Jacob coming up to where his father is at, where he was born at, uh, headed up that way, is above uh, Bethlehem. Where Abraham and Isaac dwelt. So he see him on his way to his father's house. Maybe he knew he was sick or something. I don't know. They didn't have cell phones or nothing. But, you know, they had people who ran to him. I don't know. Maybe this was the case. I don't know. I don't want to add or take away. But I'm just trying to see, you know, humanistic what can go on here. So he goes up there. And verse 28 says, Now the days of Isaac were 180 years. 180 years. Imagine that, 180 birthdays. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, right? You have to work for 150 maybe. <laughs> you have a lot of children, man. You see. Man, imagine that. You better have a good job because if you start having the children, you, your children have children, your children have children. It's a lot of birthday parties, man. <laughs> yeah, look in the pocket, man. <laughs> yeah. See, the welfare can help you out with that or something. <laughs> so he's old here, you know. What I want to mention is amazing, though. You know, though you see these people dying, he doesn't stop. He keeps going, you know. He sees this stuff happening. He doesn't discourage them. He keeps going. And it's a good example for us that, you know, things will happen to our lives. You know, because we become a Christian doesn't mean everything's all, how they say, hunky-dory. Um... We face stuff, but we face it with God in our heart and trusting in God. You know, we lose people, you know, but we continue to go and, and to keep up no matter what goes on. In verse 29, it says, So Isaac breathed his last and died and was gathered to his people and being old and full of days as his son is, oh, and being full of days. So he gave up the ghost. You know, you just see that throughout they're dying, you know, God's right. Dying, you should die. And people die, you still see people dying. Um, and there's still people dead spiritually around, you know, out there. And he breathed his last. Hmm. So he says, his burial site, I was just looking around for that, you know. So I want to give you guys some info and little history on here. In Genesis forty nine twenty nine to thirty two, 
It talks about a cave that, that was purchased by Abraham uh, for this reason, you know, for his family can come and, and bury yourself, you know, you save him a lot of money. For us too, if we had a cave, <laughs> if you have a cave, your family, bury him in there, you know, it's expensive, these gravesites, right? people make money off of people's deaths, man. You know, they never even let you take your shoes, man, they messed up. But nevertheless, he has, it says, in verse 28, and all these, the 12 tribes of Israel, or where is it? Verse 31, there they buried Abraham and Sarah, his wife. There they buried Isaac and Rebekah, his wife. And it goes on to say, I, and I buried Leah, which is not yet. That hasn't happened yet, but talking about the burial place. 32, the field and the cave that is there were purchased from the sons of Heth. And Jacob had finished commanding his son. So it was a cave that was purchased by Abraham. You know, they had for when they would die, which is, you know, my wife tells me about that. We need to set up arrangements and stuff like that, and, you know. I should, for the, for the benefit of my son and, and, and maybe my wife, you know. Uh, should I die before her? You know, we have to arrange our stuff. Because I don't want to put that burden on them, you know. I told her just, you know, cremate me, you know. Whatever you want to do. Save some money, you know. There's nothing in this flesh that's worth anything anyway. You know, I'm going to be in heaven. But, you know, it, he set up... He set up um, this for his family, maybe his family wouldn't have to be burdened with that. I mean, not, I know nowadays, you know, it's very expensive, man. And they promote that. You see signs out there, you know. They even do your face up, make you look like you were 18 again, you know. They hook you up. <laughs> it's amazing the hairdos they put them with the funny hair. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. They think it's funny that, they're, that people die physically, but spiritual death is not a, a laughing matter, right? Because they're going to be in hell. They're not going to be laughing no more. And so it says, And his son Esau and Jacob buried him. Remember, uh, after he got deceived by his brother, Esau got deceived by Jacob those two times. You know, the dude should have never got the soup, man, you know. He gave it for soup, right? They do like that soup. He has some good soup, man. There's some good stuff to sell your birthright, man. And then the other one was, you know, his mother helped him out with pretending he was Esau. You know, I could have pressed. I'm a little furry, you know. It would have probably felt me. Yeah, that's him. That's Esau. But, you know, he deceived him. His mom helped him with that. But he was mad about that. Um. I forget what verse I had put him down for that. Oh, verse 27, verse 41 in Genesis. It says, And Esau said in his heart, The days of mourning for my father are at hand. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. Remember when that was happening, he might have been sick already, uh, Isaac. But Jacob, or Esau didn't want to do nothing to his brother until his father died. That was his plan in his heart to do that. Right? Oh, that's when Esau, uh, Jacob fled from him. But here you see it in the, in the and then you see in the last uh, chapter also, you know, when they made peace, you know. Jacob uh, brought all this stuff and tried to appease his brother, you know. Hey, here, bro, here, you know. I know it's not, it's, I'll give you some more soup free, you know, or whatever, I don't know. But he gave him, he gave him, he made peace right there. He didn't have nothing to do with it, you know. Come with me. He's like, no, nah, you go your way, I'll go my way. You know, he was scared of things he did. But here, it doesn't come to pass. 
they go and bury Esau and Jacob. Uh, they go and bury their father Isaac. You know, he's he's not going to kill them. Uh, matter of fact, and why don't we, I'll just give a little. In 36, they start to fall off that tribe of Esau, you know, out the picture. Because they weren't of the promised seed. In other words, they were like kind of the flesh. Uh, and so, you know, it's a little over. And so there we have it. Hopefully, uh, I was kind of freezing. I didn't bring my glasses. I better tell my wife, you know, trying to fight it so I get a look. And, you know, but, uh, you know, just the Word of God, man, it just, you know, the whole Word of God is profitable, you know. It's not just the New Testament. Yeah, we live in the New Testament and we're saved and all that, but got Jesus in the Old Testament too, you know. It's amazing how God just reaching out to sinful man in the way he possibly can to try to draw them to him to wake up. Later on, you see, they bring all these rules and numbers, you know, don't. Be looking at your your dad's wife naked, or your sister naked, or your your son's uh, father naked, or something like that. You know, and start bringing all these rules because you know they're doing it. This naturally, it's our thing. We do it, right? They do it. But you know, and God wasn't satisfied with all these sacrifices and not were things they were doing. But He used it at that time. And the reason it wasn't satisfied because it wasn't real. It wasn't really from their heart. They didn't do it from their heart. They did it from the outward ex- ex- uh, experience religiously. And you see that work of God just, man, is amazing, right? The whole scripture, man. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, right? They tell it to them, Jehovah's. Um, I say that because they put uh, the Word as a little God, you know, it doesn't say that it was God. And Jesus came and dwelt among us, you know, the Word came and dwelt among us. Just awesome, the Word. I mean, myself, I can be real with you guys, you know. When I do these studies, I seem to get more in and in days. It takes me days, six days. That's my son, man. I'm out there in the back. Because I want to make sure stuff is right. And just God goes all over the place with me. I'm just, man, amazed. The, the creator of what he does, he's doing here, you know. And so, we see Jacob coming back to where God has called him to, to, to come, to the house of God. You know, maybe some of us, like I said, we can come to church, we can serve in children's ministry, evangelize, whatever it might be. And that's good if it's from the heart. But if, if you're just doing that and your heart is not right with God, or you're just doing it be, for whatever reason, you know, then God's just coming back, man. I want your heart, you know, just sit down. What I want from you is, is to communicate with me. Pray with me. Remember those days? Pray with me. Turn on the music and just worship, you know. That heart, He wants to live with from the heart. And so I encourage if anybody needs that or just encourage you guys continue that race. He's coming back. Jesus is coming. As you see the things going on, the day is approaching, man. And we get right and just continue to follow Him. Uh, let's pray. Dear Father, I come before You, Lord. And uh, Lord, just thank You for speaking to the man, Lord. And uh, I know it's You that speak and not me, Lord. Help me not depend upon myself or any of us to depend upon ourselves, but to look to you, Lord. And just awesome your scripture, Lord, just seeing that as you spoke in Hebrews, that all these men died in faith, not yet seeing the promise, Lord. And Lord, we know uh, the promise of faith, believing in what your son's done on the cross. And we haven't even seen Jesus die on the cross, Lord. But by faith, we've done what you ask us to turn from our sins and repent and confess and, and to receive your son in our heart and believe that he paid for all the filthy, sinful things that we've done, Lord. By faith we are saved, Father. 
And my grace alone, it's your gift, Lord, and believing in that, Lord. And just thank you for the picture we have here, Lord, of just uh, that it was going to be by faith and not by works, Lord. And I just thank you for these men, Lord. I pray you'd bless them, you'd encourage them, you'd strengthen them. In Jesus' name, amen.